So if you could open up your Bibles to uh, 3 John, that would be encouraging. Well, switch them on your device. It's just towards the end of the Bible, just before Jude and Revelation. The elder to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. Gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I wrote to the church, um, but Diotrophes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. For when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon. We will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for this letter, which is brief and yet is here for a reason, to remind us uh, things that uh, John wrote to this church, to these folk, but uh, for us here this evening. May we hear your voice now. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonder what your priorities are in life. Happiness, your career, your children. Well, as we look at 3 John this evening, we're going to see what it looks like when a Christian, instead of prioritizing their needs and priorities, prioritize the spread of the gospel. Okay, we can have all kinds of priorities in life. We can list them. But here is a, a man who is writing to check the priorities of individuals. And he contrasts two characters here. And uh, ultimately, he wants them to have the priority of putting the gospel first. Of putting the gospel first. This is a, 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 an encouraging letter. We need to start by saying that. It is a letter of encouragement, um, and we're, just, we're going to work our way through this letter now. So it is a brief sermon because there's not uh, many verses, um, but uh, let's just look through it together. You can follow down with me to see where we're going. So this is a letter of encouragement. Um, John, he calls himself the elder, and he calls uh, Gaius, my dear friend. And all through the letter, we get this, this description. His dear friend. 
He starts the letter praying for the, the physical health. And he ends it by saying he longs to see them face to face. John's feelings are strong towards Gaius. There's no doubt about that. This is no bland letter. This is no letter that just goes through the niceties as it was in the previous letter. This is a, this is a man who loves uh, Gaius. And we'll see as, as he points, points to others in the fellowship as well. So he starts out by letting um, Gaius know that he's praying for his physical health. You see that? Dear verse 2, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So he contrasts the physical health and the spiritual. John wants his friend to be physically fit. But more importantly, can I suggest, he wants his dear friend to be physically fit. I wonder sometimes if we can, all of us here this evening, be so preoccupied with the physical that we lose sight of our spiritual health. Um, is it well with your soul this evening? Um, and therefore, consider your prayers and how you pray. Is our prayers just consumed by our physical aches? Or is there room and is there a part in our prayers for ourselves and for those that we love and those that um, we pray for? Are we praying in a holistic way? Are we praying for both body and soul? But let's look down at... Um, at the meat, as it were, the meat and the two veg of what uh, is said here. So the first point is walking in the truth. Like I say, there's no doubt that John loves Gaius. And he's so encouraged by the way uh, that he's living his life. Uh, and we get a phrase here which came out in the previous letter, but he says, Gaius, he's certainly walking in the truth. See, the word truth is mentioned three times in the opening four verses. And that sense of truth, again, echoes Jesus describing himself as the truth. The truth that John is concerned about is the truth of the good news or the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the truth that he's speaking about. So let's just look down at some of those uh, references to truth. So verse 1, um, Gaius, he's described as in the, ver in the truth, verse 1. Uh, he speaks in verse 3 of Christian brothers uh, and, and sisters, uh, that they've been testified about it. And then in verse 4, he speaks about he is walking in the truth. So Gaius is walking in the truth, he's living sacrificially, he's putting the needs of the gospel as his top priority. He hasn't just received the truth, but he's walking in the truth, there's a difference. He is, as some might say, he's living it out. He's living out the truth. He's practicing what he's preaching. He's living out the truth in his life. And his priority was Jesus, the message 
and the message being spread to the lost. Now, John then gives two examples of the truth. And he contrasts the one person who has, you may say, the right priorities, who's uh, for the truth and for the truth to spread. And then he contrasts the other who certainly puts his own priorities above that of the gospel. So what we're going to have now for the remainder of this letter is contrasting someone that has the right priorities and therefore someone who doesn't have the right priorities. So let's uh, have a look at those. So prioritizing the gospel, point two. So the first example we see in verse five and eight. So let's just see what, how this prioritizing the gospel works out. So he says, dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing. For the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you, they have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. So Gaius is prioritizing the gospel by supporting missionaries as he describes them as his brothers and sisters. But what's quite interesting, and I want us to try and get this idea tonight, following the sermon tonight, by the way, we're going to have Anthony sharing about the persecuted church, and there's a reason for that, which you should be able to get from what this letter uh, that we have before us is saying. So Gaius is prioritizing the gospel by supporting missionaries, his brothers and sisters, despite not knowing them. He doesn't know them, but he is calling them his brothers and sisters. It's interesting to see in verse 5 what uh, John says about uh, Gaius. He says, You are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even, as I say, they are strangers to you. So these missionaries are called brothers and sisters even though they're strangers. Uh, so this is what happens when we as believers support missionaries that we might have their name, but often that can be as far as it goes. So we are to address those who are in Christ as brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters in the truth, to use the language of 3 John. And there's times for many of us where we, we, we spend a little bit of time with someone, but they're still our brothers and sisters. I remember about Alan did the same thing. Um, we went to Keswick um, to serve on the children's and the youth team. And you spent a week with them. Some of them, you didn't even know their names. And the kind of the in-joke was, we'll see you in glory then next. Um, but they were brothers and sisters. They were brothers and sisters. Why? Because we had the same vision and the same priority of Jesus and for the children and the young people to know Jesus for themselves. So in this situation, in this letter, there, there are people all from all around the world who may have had nothing else in common with each other but Christ and his gospel. And you know what? To know Christ and to know the gospel trumps everything. 
any difference we think that we would have with someone else. So let's kind of, it's very practical again tonight, let's drive this home, home as a church. So we have missionary partners, we have missionaries that we support who are sharing the gospel in different contexts to ours. So for instance, let's consider Chad that Dave Batten shared with us uh, last Sunday. You may feel that Chad is kind of a million miles away, that you hear these various names. They don't mean nothing to you at all. You see them on the screen, you read about them, but they're your brothers and sisters, those who love Jesus and are serving on the front line there. Gaius is praised because he loved and he also supported those missionaries. Uh, as we see this support, it would probably would have been financial, but also with his hospitality. And then uh, sent out a group who are going out for the sake of Christ. So again, this is all part of what it means to support a brother or sister. So this was a sign for John that this guy was walking in the truth. He was demonstrating it. He was living it. He was living it out. He was putting the right, he was having the right priorities, whereby it was all through the lens of the gospel. So when we think of missionaries in the UK, caring for life, insights, or overseas, Garney, Joe, Chad, if we're Christians, um, sorry, if we're if Christians aren't supporting these missionary organizations and agencies and missionaries, no one else will, will they? And as a reminder here, in verse 7, see what it says? It's for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. You see, it's only Christians that will support missionaries. Non-Christians, or the language here of pagans, they will have different priorities. Why should they give money to someone telling someone else about Jesus if Jesus isn't their Lord and Savior? Well, again, the application is obvious for us, isn't it? To support those who love Jesus and long for others to know him too. So what might that be? Regular giving, a food parcel, a subscription for something that will be a treat for them, an Amazon voucher, whatever that may be. But uh, let's encourage and support our missions and our missionaries. But this isn't the end of the letter. He moves from praise of Gaius and his priorities to those who prioritize themselves. So he's contrasting two different people, the one that prioritizes the gospel and the other one is so self-centered that he has no outlook on Jesus and getting his name known. So John contrasts the two. And the second character here is uh, Diotrephes, who is the leader of the house church in Ephesus. And it's very, very hard-hitting language that he uses. Diotrephes who loves to be the first, verse 9, 
will not welcome us. So when I come, I'll call my attention to what he is doing. Spreading malicious nonsense about us, not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and put them out of the church. So Diotrephes is living the Christian life, not for Christ and for others, but he's living the Christian life in a, in a weird kind of way for himself. We, we get a description of what that looks like. He's, he's not hospitable. In fact, he's stopping others being hospitable as well. Why? Well, unlike uh, Gaius, who is in the truth, who trusts in the true gospel uh, that he's received from John, Diotrephes won't accept the teaching. He won't take the gospel as his authority. He won't take the teaching as truth. Instead, what does it say? He talks wicked nonsense. Listen to the character reference that John gives to Diotrephes. Can you see it at the start? He loves to be first. Imagine if John was to describe you. What would he say? It'd be a sad day, wouldn't it, if we were described like Diotrephes. You see, the gospel doesn't give us the option to put ourselves first. Listen to how Paul puts it in his writing to the church at Philippi. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. So for Diotrephes to be like this, he actually had to reject the truth. Okay? He, he, was, he was a Christian leader. He knew the truth, but he would have walked away and turned his back on the truth, on the apostles' teaching, on the authority of Scripture. He would not accept the authority of Scripture for his life, and therefore, as he taught, he would have taught a false gospel. Diotrephes won't host missionaries, for instance. We get that. Again, as a practical outworking. There are signs here on there about how he is not walking and living in the truth. He's actually an enemy of the spread of the gospel, blocking missionaries, blocking the message. And this is... The church, and these, this is the letter that John is writing, contrasting to. And then lastly, and it ends in a lovely way, as we see the gospel partnership. So John closes by emphasizing that he has much more to say to him, but that he wants it to be face-to-face -face conversation. Again, going back to the same, you know, John wouldn't have gone on with Zoom, would he? John wouldn't have gone on with YouTube. Apologies, YouTube. But he wanted to see people, even if they had bad breath, even if they weren't maybe, you know, 
always the people that he liked. He wanted to be around people. So John passes on the greetings from the Christians with him to, to Gaius and those in his church, passing them on to the individuals to show the personal link they had with each other. You see, those who prioritize the spread of the gospel are bothered about individuals. And you see that in our church, don't you? You can tell the people who are praying for you because the week after they'll ask you how's it going and they'll be specific on how they're asking. Our prayers are informed by the contacts that we make. Our prayers are made on the concerns that we have for folk. John uses the word friends and apparently the, the original Greek of that word friend there is exactly the same as the word that Jesus uses uh, in John's gospel when he says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. This is the heart of John, that he wants believers to know Jesus, to share fellowship, to love one another, and for that true gospel to go out to unbelievers. But like I said last week, John was, knew that the gospel was precious. It was precious because people can add to the gospel or people can take away from the gospel. Making less of Jesus or adding to Jesus, which is no gospel at all. So the obvious application this evening is that we pray for our brothers and sisters that many of them will be nameless. Many of them will be walking and knowing the truth. And yet these brothers and sisters are persecuted. Persecuted for standing for the one true gospel. So we're going to do things slightly different. We do things slightly different on a Sunday night. Some of you love that. Some of you not so. Um, but what we're going to do now, Anthony's going to share uh, brothers and sisters who we don't know. Um, but we're going to listen about what's going on at the moment in a part of the world uh, that maybe some of us may not know much about. But also we're going to turn that information into prayer. So immediately after Anthony's praying, we're not going to say we'll pray about that later or we'll pray about that in the week. We're going to do it straight away. A practical outworking of what John is saying here. Father God, we thank you for our brothers and sisters here at Hook and those around the world. Help us, Father, this week to put you as number one, that we would have the right priorities of knowing Jesus and knowing that he is the best. In his name we pray. Amen.